is Art Town, and I'm your host, Justin Baker. And, you know, people of Art Town, thank you for listening. This is the last one of 2023, and uh, we've made it. If you're listening right now, you've made it. Uh, I don't know what you've made it to, I guess, well, partially the end of the year, but maybe you've made it somewhere else, some other way. I don't know, um, but it's been a pretty good year. Um, I started this uh, at the beginning, and I am uh, finishing it now uh, for this year, and it's going to keep going, and uh I'm already starting to uh, fill up slots for next year. So that's exciting. And, uh, you know, really, if you're paying attention to this, uh, I can't thank you enough. Um, It's fun, I guess, for me. Um, And I hope it's fun for you, too. So um, without further ado, ado, uh, my guest this month is Kathy Greenwood. Uh, and she is an artist and director of exhibitions and programs at Albany International Airport. And we had a good uh, conversation. It was really fun. Um, I didn't, I, I guess I didn't know much about Kathy prior. Um, I knew she uh, ran the airport gallery. I knew she was an artist. We've shown together a few times. Um, way back, and then um, I don't think. Well, yeah, recently it wasn't too long ago at the um, at the uh, where was it? Um, the uh, SUNY Albany Museum. I guess we were in a Mohawk Hudson Regional together. Which, uh, well, you know, that's not going on anymore. So, but maybe it will start again. You know, that's a interesting thing. Um, I'm curious about, but, uh, anyways, so that's it. Uh, well, I'm trying to think of anything else I want to say here. I don't have much today. Um, my semester's ending, um, and, uh, I'm kind of glad for that. And, uh, cause I feel like I need a break, but, uh, other than that, you know what? Let's go to Kathy. So, here we go. Kathy Greenwood, the artist, and uh, we talk a little bit about her job, but we talk more about her art, and that was, uh, that was a good thing. So, you know what? I'll see you next year. Um, so... Uh, couple of things that I thought would be interesting to to talk about with you. Um, well, first off, like, I love how the simplicity of your artist statement, <laughs> it was like, it's so short and sweet, and it kind of says everything without being too, like, uh, too obscure. I don't know. It was just like, oh, that was very sweet. So there were some things in there I thought were interesting, but also... Um, you, in your email, you had talked about like new directions, um, which I thought, oh, that'd be cool. You had this one moment about like um, 
you said the values of creative labor. I was like, oh, that that was, I'm curious about what that is. Um, and uh, yeah, just like, also I wanted to go back a little bit because I always think it's interesting to like kind of hear about like what got you interested in making art um, because you go to St. Rose. Uh, we can talk about that if you want. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And then, because um, um, you see, so you finish there in 92, and then you go you, a couple of years off, and then you go to Michigan, right? Uh, I or was, Ann Arbor. I went straight. I went straight. Oh, you went from, straight. From St. Rose to Michigan. Okay. To Ann Arbor, yeah, to do my graduate work there. And then I came back here. And then you came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of, I was like, and it's very specific. You have this. Because I don't know what you're doing at St. Rose, but you um, you you get an MFA. It says in textile art, which maybe is there a shift there? I was curious about that. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know, and I'm going to be uh, frank. I don't know a lot about the history of textile art. I think it's interesting. Um, I think the one person I I have some awareness of um, is. Um, What's uh, Sheila? Sheila Hicks. Hicks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Which might seem like there's a connection there. Mm. I don't know if you studied with her or whatnot. I don't know where she was. But yeah, I'm just kind of, those were the kind of the, the base of the questions I was curious about. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start way on, go to the way back machine. Um, I, I always thought of myself as an artist um, ever since I can remember. And so um, I always figured I would go to art school and um, I studied drawing and painting, just, you know, the real classical stuff and loved it. Um, And it was, it was the eighties. And there was, there was a certain flavor of art making in the East coast in New York in the eighties. And I didn't feel aligned with that. Um, And so I started gravitating more toward um, textiles um, and the sort of uh, feminist art movements that had been um, explored in since the seventies and um, the gorilla girls and people like that. Um, and so part of my interest in going out to Michigan was to get away from the East Coast and from the sort of prevailing art culture in, in New York City at the time. And um, so I found the Midwest to be really welcoming and warm to um, craft materials and sort of um, a little bit more female, traditionally female-centered modes of making. And so I was really, I was really happy to spend those couple of years um, in Ann Arbor. But um, I also felt drawn back to the East Coast and felt like this was really my home, specifically the Hudson Valley and the Capital Region. And so so I came back and and things hadn't changed much. <laughs> when, in that short time <laughs> when when you so saying you always i was curious about one thing before we we go too far was saying you always felt like an artist was that like from 
like when you were a kid? I'm, I'm kind of curious yeah. about that. What, yeah, my father was an artist. He was. He was okay. a painter. That helps. And yeah, and so he, so I grew up being really encouraged to um, explore lots of different mediums and to be really expressive with the arts and and that being an artist was a perfectly good thing to strive to be Um, and so i i always felt as though that's that's what i wanted to do what kind of painting did your dad do he was an oil painter like a landscape or like you know he he was he was born in 1930 and so while he he was um, really omnivorous in his in his interest in art. He um, he knew everything about the Medici's and about um, art history, um, every every phase of art history. Um, but I think his work itself was more aligned with like the Ashcan school and some kind of early twentieth century American art. Um, and I like I'm drawing a the yeah. Ashcan school. Is that like Ben Sean kind of? Stuff, oh, he or? loved Ben Sean, but it was it was a little bit. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of specific artists, and I can't right now. But um, okay, but there there was a um, there was a, a it was it was the the content of the work was kind of gritty. And, okay, and. Um, you know, cityscapes and um, and uh, painting kind of the, I want to say sort of the underside of urban life and of American life in the 1930s and 40s. And, gotcha. Um, so like a little social commentary kind of. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And and so I, when I look back at his work, um, I, I see that affinity that he had with those early 20th century American painters. Okay. So it was, it was in the house. You were like mm-hmm. exposed to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wonder, you know, it's funny you bring that up. I've always wondered why my youngest daughter is like, I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. And I'm, <laughs> it never, I mean, it just occurred to me like her parents yeah. are artists. Right. But it's like, because I never had like, that wasn't an option. You mm-hmm. know, I kind of like, fell into it a little bit and i remember getting this talk of like you sure you can survive right <laughs> like i think my parents were worried so yeah that's um that's interesting to hear yeah i don't know well i think i think as a creative as a creative person um i think for a lot of us we have these really circuitous professional lives and mm-hmm. once once you kind of commit to that creative life, um, anything can happen. But it's always interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, things can things can go different ways, and a lot of people go into academia, um, and um, other people like I. You know, I ended up gravitating more toward um, administrative mm-hmm. function. You know, right. purposes, and so there's there's a lot of different. Um, a lot of different pathways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just the singular, like, um, what do you call it? Like a cliche of a 
starving artist. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I think most of us yeah. are, are much too, too yeah, yeah. bright and creative. I mean, we're yeah. creative people, right? right, right. And so, yeah. so um, we, we are resourceful and we, we figure out how to feed ourselves and have families and make our way and uh, make a difference in the world. Yeah. So, sorry, we'll jump back. <laughs> now we're going to go back into... So when you leave St. Rose, go to do, did, did you go there knowing you wanted to switch like what you were doing? I mean, you, you seem like you did because you said you were kind of fed up. I switched in all sorts of ways. I mm-hmm. started out thinking I was going to be like a secondary uh, education art teacher like in, oh, okay. in high school. Um, uh, and that was because I had a, just a tremendously wonderful uh, high school art experience. And so I thought, yeah. oh, that's what I want to be. Um, but when I got in a classroom, I realized that that was not at all what I wanted to do. And so I shifted to um, get my MFA or sorry, to get the just the studio degree at St. Rose and um, and then to go get my MFA thinking, you know, I just I want to learn how to be a better artist. Mm. And this will, I, I need to spend more time just making art and being around people who make art and learning from um people who are experts mm-hmm. so that was my real motivation for for going to graduate school and um came out of it thinking that i would i would be a professor or something like that which yeah then didn't work out <laughs> <laughs> i was not destined for teaching <laughs> right but in grad school what what pushed you into the textiles like, i went there specifically you did. for that oh, yeah, okay yeah i i uh I, I went there to work with um sherry smith who was a weaver and she um uh she was a really interesting mentor very hands-off um very um she would she would come in every now and then and make very cryptic comments about the work and basically just kind of leave you alone to figure things out, mm-hmm. um, which was okay for me at the time. Um, and uh, so I, yeah, I really discontinued the drawing and painting practice while I was there. Um, and my textile projects were very much about um, using found collected fabrics and hand sewing, hand assembling. Um, and, and so that still kind of continues in my work today. Mm-hmm. What was it like? Um, <clears throat> I'm just so I'm like, um, I'm just so curious about when you decide to stop painting like what? What did you see? Because I had like at one point I made like some drastic changes in how I make my things, uh, how I make my things, how I make art, and um, you know I've kind of woven back and forth between drawing and painting, photography, drawing and painting, photography. Um, I'm not particularly. I've I've never trained as a painter, but it it's something that I feel like akin to. And in some way, I love looking at paintings. It's like one of my favorite things, um, probably more than anything else. For some reason, it just kind of invigorates my yeah. mind. Um, but so there's moments when I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to lay into the photographic camera because I felt like I, I always like, I, I do, as much as I like the immediacy of drawing and painting, I do like there to be this kind of 
intervention between me and whatever I'm making, some kind of mechanical device. So what was it for you that like you thought like, I, I want to think about textiles. Was it looking at those art movements of like the, the feminist art movements you were mentioning earlier? You know, it was something about the materiality. Um, I wasn't satisfied with just making pictures. Mm. I I was really drawn to um, to assembling, um, assembling kind of um, uh, disparate materials, and and I in the beginning I would paint on them. Um, there were times when I would I would make these sort of textile assemblies and paint on them, um, but I think I was drawn to the the um, to textiles for the physicality of them and and the sensuality of them. Okay. Um, and, and also the, um, the, the hand stitching for me, there was a, there was a repetitive, uh, process there that was really satisfying for me. Um, and that's something that, continues in my work now with with the textile assemblies and also with painting it's how i paint too um and i and i so i guess we're now we're coming back around to painting i you know i for, i think for many artists we sort of come full circle with materials and processes throughout our lives um and so while i i sort of abandoned painting for some time um, I came back to it and and embraced it like a long lost friend. And I've been. You this know, is recent. Well, no, um, mm. probably twenty years ago. Oh, okay. You know, shortly after I came back from Michigan, um, as I said before, things hadn't really changed much in the the culture of. Um, what people wanted to see and talk about and, and uh, in terms of art at that time. And so I felt as though I wouldn't really be taken seriously as an artist if I didn't paint. Ah, okay. And so I started incorporating painting back into the textile works and, and, and was pretty happy with it. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, now, um, now they function differently than they did then. Uh, I was apl applying paint directly to textile surfaces, so it was like the textile functioned almost like a canvas, and um, the paint was interacting with the fabric in 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 different ways, um, but but very pictorially. And now um, I make these sculptures, and then paintings really of the sculptures so even though they appear kind of abstract and flat and pattern based they're really very closely observed um paintings of the sculptures themselves mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah i mean like there's a few things there that are that are interesting because it's like when you move into textiles you're really like it's a material right and you have this affinity to it but in a lot of ways, it, it, like it is a sculptural form. So you're you're mm -hmm. thinking of like, you know, it's it's also like that switch. So that's kind of interesting. I mean, were you thinking about like space differently at that point when you were like, I want to make something physical? Like, was was there a thought of like, oh, now it's like 
coming off the wall and um, like activating a physical space. You know, I, it's hard to remember back yeah. then. I, I think, um, you know, uh, when I started making these kind of more pictorial paintings on textiles themselves, I was thinking about it really as a very kind of as a flat surface. And I was, I was always very interested in, in pattern and decoration. I think back from my days in college when I was drawn to um, artists like Robert Kushner um, and, um, you know, some of those early pattern and decoration artists. And so I was interested in objects like, um, oh, like dishes and yeah. silverware. And um, I was also drawn to a lot of the just kind of tools and objects of everyday life that were around me, mm-hmm. things things that were around the home. Right. Um, and um, when my when my mom my mom passed away right at the same time i became a mother oh. and i inherited a lot of her things and so i spent some years um painting some of the objects that i inherited from her which had a lot of kind of sentimental value to me and which really kind of spoke to me of of her and my relationship with her and and um I would also intersperse those paintings with objects um, that were like, you know, my kids' toys. And so there was a a lot of um, that kind of allegory happening on these textile surfaces. Um, And which, which at the time, you know, they stayed flat. They were, they were these, I guess they were these allegorical paintings really. Mm, Okay. That's like a real head trip. Like when you, (laughs) What you just said, you know, that's yeah. that's a, a powerful experience. I had the same. I mean, my father died a couple of years after I became a father, and it was like really a a, a brutal kind of mind space to begin because it's life and death are mm-hmm. flashing back and forth. Um, it in it like I think it the same. It sounds like there's it becomes this wild introspection that's like. Very surreal and scary. <laughs> I think. Yeah, well, I, I think <laughs> or it was for, scary for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And and uh, I think for many of us, it it comes out in our work in different ways. Yeah. It becomes yeah. expressed that way. It definitely does. Yeah, that's interesting. When you talk about decoration, I'm gonna like uh, go back to that for a second because I I think it's like a it's a well, there's like so many things there that are like kind of interesting. Um, like well, just I'm going to come to decoration in a second, but like when you say like, I asked about the 3d space because to me, that's like terrifying. I was like, I could, it's like the ease of which moving back and forth um, would it's yeah. It's just really freaks me out as an artist. Um, I'm like, no, it's just on the wall. That's enough. Um, but like uh, the, the decoration part and looking at decorative arts, is like uh it's it's something i think about I, and i think it's only because i've had one professor say it to me who i respected a lot um i was doing something in an image and he's like you're just decorating <laughs> you know and it's something that like i i 
I don't know, it just like stays in me. So to to look at decorative arts as inspiration, it's, it's not unheard of, right? But you can think quickly of like Warhol's wallpaper and, you know, um, and actually a wallpaper show I saw once in New York City was one of the most amazing things I ever saw. But for you, was it, it feels a little different though, because you're transforming it in a way. What, what is your interest in that? Is it is it that it relies on or it it pertains to the home in some way, which is important to you? Yeah, I, I think that that's definitely part of it. Um, ah, gosh, how do I how do I get into this? Decoration, I think, has been a term used as a pejorative for a long time, um, and um. Gosh, it's really hard to pinpoint um, how that functions. I think it's really worth a lot of thought. Um, things that are decorated, um, I think we associate with low value, mm-hmm. um, with objects that are maybe um, mass-produced manufactured um things that are outside the realm of intuition and inspiration and that kind of magical force that we associate with more kind of high art um and at some point i just kind of gave up on all that and was like you know i just i really like pattern and i really like things that are that are decorated and i really like um these objects uh and and there's no irony i don't feel any kind of irony about it mm-hmm. um i just like them and um i i think that there are more and more artists now who are just kind of unapologetic about um appreciating things that are not uh considered in that high art realm. Uh-huh. Yeah. It sounds like a healthy. You're you've came to it in a healthy way. Yeah, like I said, like I said, I yeah, I had to really come around to it because I think yeah. especially if you're art school trained, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh there's a lot of pressure to to reject terms like uh decoration and beautiful and Right. They're dirty words. Illustrative yeah. yes. and Things like that. Right. Um, and so as artists, I think we have to be honest with ourselves about what it is that really nourishes us and our work. And the more kind of authentic and honest we can be about those things, I think the better our work gets. Yeah. And the more that we can the more that we can really give to it. Ah, yeah. That's and it, it's I like when I think about like just going back, like what you said in the very beginning. Um, you know, you went to the Midwest because they have this kind of more earnest, like, appreciation of these things. I mean, it, like, makes a lot of sense. It would, uh, hmm. Well, and I'm drawn now. I, I, I think looking at my work now, um, I'm imitating a lot of the techniques that one finds in, um, you know, traditional decorative kind of products like rugs and mm-hmm. nets 
and um and things like that uh that are pretty you know pretty overlooked items Mm -hmm. um and so i'm i'm dealing with that vocabulary all the time now Hmm. it's funny when you say rugs i mean i look at these even the piece that's on the wall here it's it's like i know that (laughs) i know like my my house growing up you know my mother had those rugs everywhere i mean well and it's funny you know you talk about your um uh you know your thoughts about sculpture and Part of the reason these things look the way they do is that I'm a, I'm a terrible sculptor. Mm. Um, I I started making these rug forms with a very sincere interest in making a braided rug. Um, I have all these kind of homemaker, um, homesteader kind of tendencies, and so I I gathered all these. Um, old pieces of clothing and cut them into strips. And I was like, I'm going to make a braided rug. And um, then it, I just, I really sucked at it. I really like, I couldn't make it lie flat. And I was like, Oh man, I'm, I'm really no good at this. But then I thought, well, maybe it wants to be a sculpture. Maybe it doesn't want to be a rug. Uh-huh. And so that's how um, years ago I started making these braided rugs. And fortunately my family um, goes through a ton of clothes. You know, I've had growing children. And um, so I have this endless supply of material to make these these objects. And so it just is, is sort of this ongoing thing that I've been exploring. Um, and, I, and then I make paintings of the, the pieces. So that, that is another kind of thing that comes out of them. Why, uh, just a question quick, I mean, the the piece that's on the wall here, it, is that made from t-shirts? Yes. Oh my God. Yes, it's the okay. part of the, the reason I use this kind of material, um, which is like a, you know, a knit jersey material mm-hmm. like t-shirts, um, is because it doesn't fray. And it also has a great kind of stretchiness. Mm-hmm. And so that lends itself to all these kind of... Um, uh, funny um, uh, sculptural forms as well. And that gives it the weird yeah. bumpiness. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. I, I honestly thought that like you were using rugs and like re using mm. them and, you know, cutting them up and stitching them in weird forms, but you're making it from yeah. old t-shirts. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Huh. That's really interesting. Well, you've, Good weaver. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> they're they're braided, not, they're braided not woven. or whatever they are. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I first started making them, um it I it was very it was a very random process because I'm mm-hmm. also terrified of color. I'm a bad sculptor oh, and I'm and I'm terrified of color. Um and so I um my instinct is to always make everything very monochromatic. Mm-hmm. Um and so in the beginning, I had this very random process of colorization where I would just I would just braid the colors together um, uh, with abandon, and there was no plan, and I would just make these modular units and then assemble them, and they were just very kind of rainbow and um, and they were satisfying. I mean, I mm-hmm. I liked them, but in the last couple of years, I've been experimenting more with. Um, 
aligning colors in specific ways. And I've been looking at some um, paintings and and rugs and color references uh, to kind of guide that. Mm-hmm. What's the fear of color? Like just the making the decision oh, or? Yeah, I just don't think I have great instincts about uh-huh. about color relationships hmm. um i some people really do and i right. just i just think i i'm not someone who's who has a lot of skill in that hmm. um so but i'm i'm getting a i'm getting bolder yeah <laughs> i mean it's funny you say that because i look around and it's like it seems this very like exquisite like investigation of color. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I, I'm really, I'm really working hard at that. You're trying right hard. I'm really trying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, uh, I was talking to, who was it? Um, was it Judith Braun like a year ago or, you know, someone. And I was like, you know, because her drawings are like these almost like mystical mm-hmm. precision. And she's like, very simply like, I'm, I'm trying really hard. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe that's all it takes. Yeah, but with um, so like the 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 textiles and the home and the domestic, you know, all that stuff coming together. It, you know, the idea is 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 not just of like a reuse. Um, all that that's in there, right? Like, so your your drawn material is you know, found in some way, you know, um, you know. Yeah. It's all, it's all collected from my daily life. Um, and that's been important to me. I mean, I'd like to say that it's just, you know, oh, I'm, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of talk about artists, um, using, uh, materials that reflect a consciousness of ecology mm-hmm. and um, and uh, recycling and and you know that's an element of this, but I think um, a good part of it is just is thrift. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up um, with these sort of uh, you know German Protestant parents who grew up in the Great Depression and. Um, there was a there was just this culture of of thrift, um, and so I I think that my pieces are kind of stem out of that uh, instinct to just use everything, um, you know, all the sinews of of daily life uh, to to make the work. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. My dad was like that too. He was German. Like yeah. he grew up in that. He there's, grew up in the something depression. About that. Yeah. Uh, he was, <clears throat> I was the last of his kids. So he, he was like in his late fifties when he had me. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, uh, or did actually, he didn't have me, but he decided to have one last kid. And, um, I, you know, it was always, you know, uh, no one was ever hired to fix anything. It was like, we're going to do it ourselves. <laughs> like, even if he had no idea how to do it. And yeah. It was all like, you know, it's still good. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> I remember my grandmother um, it, with the, the, um, you know, the balls of string and the endless drawers of, of uh, cottage cheese containers and the, mm-hmm. you know, 
just uh, everything was reused and everything was um was valued you know mm-hmm. there was there was a value even to the most mundane and overlooked kind of um uh object in the household there was there was great value attached to that and mm-hmm. um and great value attached to all work and labor as well and i think that that is something that um that I think about a lot in my work as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. Uh, what uh, I'm curious about the instinct to, to, to paint the sculpture, like, um, like, a. in some regards, I, I, I understand it. Um, there was a time when I was like re photographing things many different times with like different processes and just, um, you know, and I don't think I've ever done anything with it, but what your instinct to then re-examine it, how does that play in or what what is some of the thoughts behind that? Well, I I got so um I wanted to just look at the pattern itself. Instead of the dimensionality in the piece, I wanted to flatten it and I wanted to see it as just this this detail of the pattern and um so i at first i made some colored pencil drawings um and then i decided to start uh working in gouache and to just see these as like as very stark color studies and um much like the the sculptures themselves it became this very kind of repetitive tedious, rigorous process. So making the paintings in some ways is very similar to making the sculptures in in the kind of repetitive tedium that they involve. <laughs> I can't seem to get away from that. Yeah. That's <laughs> you're yeah. So do you it's, do you enjoy that part of it? The tedium of it? Is there what it like? I guess I do. I just yeah. keep doing it. I mean, yeah. it, it seems to be the, the, the thread, pardon the pun that, um, that connects the painting and the sculpture is this, this, um, extremely repetitive, uh, process. There's, mm-hmm. you know, um, there must be something about it that, uh, some kind of ritual. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's a good way to describe it. I think mm-hmm. it 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 kind of takes me out of myself too. It takes me out of my thoughts and mm-hmm. um um whatever kind of um stupid things are happening in my brain, you know, mm-hmm. it it just becomes about about the shape and the color and the stitch and going on to the next one. And um, I guess there's something about that process that um, that really works for me. Hmm. Is that we talked about it earlier briefly? But is that part of what you were thinking about when you mentioned the value of creative labor? Is that, or is that something totally disconnected? Is there another thought there that I think I think part of creative I think part of any labor is just one task after the other and that um 
you just you just go through that motion over and over and over again until the task is done mm-hmm. and until it's right. And so I think that that is um yeah, I think that's that's an essential part of creative labor. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Is that um does that I I guess I'm I i do not know if we could shift or I'm I'm curious now if if that um plays into how you think as a, a curator at all, or mm-hmm. is there is there threads there that tie those together and your work at the airport? Mm. Ah, yes. Um I feel like I'm a I'm in you know, a, as an artist myself, I share a vocabulary with other artists and I bring that to my day job as a curator um, at Albany Airport. And um I I think I'm able to advocate for other artists and for the the value of the work that they bring to the public um, in a way that I might not if I was not also an artist. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Cause it seems like there's like um the the shows I've seen there seem to have this very particular voice to them that's like different. Um, mm. I think. I don't know. I think I think that's a that I don't know. I, I always think that the quality is a real f- function of the quality of artists that reside in this region, which mm-hmm. I think we can agree is is pretty special. Yeah. Um this is a this is a hotbed for amazing art um anywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, just full stop. Um and so it's been a real privilege for me to get to work with artists over the years in in varying capacities and to um not only bring their work into view for people who may have never had an art experience before, but to give them the opportunity to do things they might not otherwise have a chance to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's been, that's been the most uh, fun thing for me to do is to, to, um, uh, you know, see what, see what comes out when um, we embark on a project together. I, I, I always enjoy feeling like there's, there's kind of a collaboration or partnership mm-hmm. um, when that happens. It's of course, it's, especially rewarding for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I'm just thinking now, <laughs> like, now I'm thinking about this like labor. I'm just thinking about uh, Colin Boyd's whale and how oh. crazy <laughs> it's like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I show that to my students occasionally. They're like, have you ever seen this? I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of monumental work, I think um, is just, uh, you need a, you need big spaces for that that yeah. kind of There's ambition. There's not many spaces in the area no. that could hold that. No, I know, yeah. I know. So that's 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 great. Um, and it it kind of um, if, if I can segue into um, yeah. a project this project that I'm I'm about to embark on. Um, I got I was lucky enough to get a NISCA grant for 2024. Um, through the generous support of Shaker Heritage Society to do a project called um, Devotion and Determination Reflections on Creative Work. And um, so I'm, 
I'm approaching this as kind of a year-long endeavor of looking at the creative work of people, um, I want to say artists, but not just artists, because I'm starting with the Shakers in the 19th century, and how they viewed and valued uh, creative work. Um, they wouldn't have thought of themselves as artists, but um, I think anybody who's seen Shaker products and design um, can appreciate them as creative workers. Um, and then I'm also looking at uh, the WPA project, Works Progress Administration project, um, the Index of American Design, which is a, a record of American material culture through paintings that were commissioned by the federal government in the 1930s. Hundreds and hundreds of artists produced 18,000 or more paintings um, over the period of a few years. They were commissioned to do that um, because the government thought that artists would capture the soul of American products and American material culture better than photographers would at that time. <laughs> and so there's this collection at the National Gallery of Art of these these 18,000 paintings. Um, wow. And they're, it's such a treasure. And so I'm looking at that phenomenon of the government valuing artists so much that they paid them to uh, establish what American design was for the 19th and 18th centuries. Um, and then I'm going to talk to artists today about how they view themselves as creative workers. Mm. So, so that's my, that's my upcoming project. That sounds incredible. Mm. I'm really excited. It's something yeah. I've been thinking about for a long time. And, and I've been thinking about the index of American design as just this, this is that what the collection's thing. called? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If anybody wants to look it up, they can go to the National Gallery uh, website and look up Index of American <clears throat> Design, and it'll take you to this amazing digitized collection of watercolor paintings and graphite studies, and it'll blow your mind. Mm. <clears throat> These are the most amazing paintings. And um, and so I've been I've been studying those in person and remotely and um and and trying my hand at watercolor a little bit, which is incredibly daunting. It's mm. really really hard. Um, but some of the studies that I'm I'm going to make, specifically of baskets, um, in the uh, collection of the New York State Museum that were made by Shakers. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do some watercolor. So, <laughs> how did you come to connect those two things, the Shakers and then this index? Um, I have long had a real interest in um, in Shaker products. I've done a couple of of projects based on Shaker collections, um, and so I'm interested in in their design and and specifically their textiles. Um, and then the index, I just kind of stumbled upon, mm. and. I was amazed at the, the the quality of the paintings, but then I really, really got stuck on 
the fact that this was a government program. Yeah, that's the fascinating part. And yeah, I mean, and the more I dug into it, the more interested I got. I mean, part of the um, the creation of the index involved um, the identification of what constituted uh, specifically American design and American material culture. And there were people that made those decisions around the country. Um, That's pro- interesting. Yeah, objects were chosen at signifying American design. Oh. And if we were to do that today, oh God, who would get to decide <laughs> yeah. what signified American material culture? Mm. Um, back then, thing there you know there are things in the collection um that that would make us cringe today i mean there's there's dozens of um cigar store indians mm. there's um grotesque uh sort of um uh puppets and kind of minstrelsy uh, objects yeah. and um so who would get to decide today what uh, represents us as Americans, and then who would get to depict those objects? Right. You know, yeah. artists were selected um, by uh, government commissions, and you know, mainly illustrators, mm-hmm. and they had to conform to a very specific type of um, of illustration for these objects. And so, I imagine, you know, what? How would we do that today? Right. And and would there ever be a government program that would employ artists that would value artists mm-hmm. and and uh and their work today the way that um the WPA did in the 30s. What a a funny thing as well that <clears throat> and you mentioned this earlier there was this significant decision that to not use a camera, right? Like that's the that's a funny part, you know, because this idea yeah. of a mechanical reproduction is is new and incredible, right? But then they're like, no, we're gonna like it's gonna be done by illust- like illustrators. Yeah, they were all done by hand, and, that, and that's a really beautiful kind of decision. And you know, seeing seeing the works in person, um, the detail is. Is really spectacular, mm-hmm. and I do. I wonder if a photograph could capture the level of detail that some of these artists did. Yeah, it's really astounding. Yeah, um, it, hard hard to imagine today. When that, it, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just no. like now. I want to see this. It sounds incredible. But like in the index, can you tell that there's all these different voices? doing these things or you said they had to kind of conform to a style yeah there was um yeah it it was a um sort of an archaeological method of illustration um and you can find in the index examples of exactly how artists were trained and expected Mm -hmm. to follow this method and and those little training um, paintings are amazing. Those I are bet. incredible to yeah. look at because you can see how um, how exactly they layered and um, and uh, you know just constructed these paintings. Um, 
But yeah, there was very, very little individual expression. Um, there's some unevenness. I mean, some artists were more skilled than others, but for the most part, there's uh, there's there's the kind of rigorousness and exactitude that is um, it's just really profound. Mm. It's it's just beautiful. So the last part of this, kind of wrapping up, I'm, I'm curious. Um, so you're going to talk to art artists. And it is so is that part of the project going to be like a auditory thing or is it are they going to make something in the end? No, or? I mean, I'm I'm going to make a I'm going to make a body of work. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so I'm going to make some actual objects, um, but Ooh. I do want to talk to artists about how they view themselves as creative workers and how they how they they do or do not feel valued as laborers. Mm. Um, and I imagine those that just taking the form of, um, you know, a, like a written, a written, a written piece. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, you mentioned in the beginning, something about my artist statement and, um, I have, I've gone through like all artists, I've gone through dozens of them, but mm -hmm. I do, I do like writing. Um, I like language and, um, I'm. So I'm I'm imagining this as as kind of a, a written interview piece. Okay, that's interesting. Huh? It sounds like a book or something. I don't know. Mm. This is like <laughs> that would be fun. That <laughs> yeah. sounds like another grant proposal, right, right there. Yeah, that's wow. What an interesting thing to work on. That's incredible. And congratulations on the grant. Oh, that's thank really, you, yeah, thank really you. Awesome. Well, I I appreciate all the support and the yeah. opportunity. That sounds so exciting. Um. Well, I think we've said it all. I don't know. Do you have <laughs> last words? What do you want to say? I think, oh, I I've know. really enjoyed this conversation. Oh, good. I, Thank you. I, um, I love talking to artists about their work, mm -hmm. and I rarely talk about my own work. Oh. Um, and um, so I, it's a real treat for me to get to um, – uh, kind of explore it myself. I, I like I said, I rarely talk about it, um, and so this has been really fun for me. Oh, so, thank thanks you. for all your great yeah. questions, and thanks for having me over. I for, I always say that in the beginning, and I forgot. But thank you for having me over. <laughs> okay. As always, thank you for listening. And if you like what you heard, share it, tell a friend, and be sure to subscribe to Art Town on either Apple Podcast or Spotify. Art Town is engineered and produced by Silent Studios North with exclusive theme music by the one and only Fentagram. Oh yeah, and just a note, Art Town is now supported with a grant from the New York State Council for the Arts. 